In July 2008, I stood beneath an elegant blue and white striped tent in a courtyard at Yale and listened in disbelief as my former classmates reminisced about their drunken bouts at Maury's, the regattas in which they had sailed, the fierce squash matches and avant-garde theatricals in which they had taken part, and the A's they had accumulated dozing through rocks for jocks. As my classmates rose from their seats and waved their white napkins while harmonizing with a chorus of middle-aged whiffs in a nostalgic refrain of bright college years, I needed to lean against a nearby ivied wall to keep from wobbling. My bright college years in the mid-1970s had been spent in the basement of Klein's Science Library paging frantically through physics textbooks in the hopes of finding problems similar to the ones I needed to solve for that week's assignment. Or in the gothic laboratories on Science Hill, trying to connect a wire to an oscilloscope without electrocuting myself. Or in the newly opened Yale Computing Center, where I fed punch cards through the reader and prayed that when I got my printout several days later, The program wouldn't have crashed because I had punched a period instead of a comma, or one of the hairs I frequently shed, no doubt from all that stress, had prevented a card from being processed. Unlike most of my classmates, I had majored in science. In fact, I was one of the first two women to earn a Bachelor of Science degree in physics at Yale. Two of my female classmates pursued the less rigorous, but still demanding Bachelor of Arts in Physics. But as a measure of how isolated we all were, I didn't learn of the existence of one of these two women until that day at our reunion. As she and I stood comparing the reasons neither of us had gone on for our PhDs, my classmate had become an ophthalmologist. We couldn't help but wonder what, if anything, had changed in the intervening decades. The odds that I would have gotten into Yale in the first place were minuscule to nil. I attended a rural public school whose accelerated track in physics and math I wasn't allowed to enter because, as my principal put it, girls never go on in science and math. Angry and bored, I began staying home from school and sitting in my parents' attic, reading books about space and time. Senior year after teaching myself calculus, I insisted that the school administer AP exams in the subjects I had studied, as well as English, which I loved, but didn't value because everyone seemed to think that teaching English would be a lovely career for a girl like me. My efforts won me a spot at Yale, but I was woefully unprepared. Most of the young men in my classes had attended fancy prep schools like Andover or St. Paul's, or magnet schools like the Bronx High School of Science, where they studied several terms of advanced calculus and one or two years of intensive physics. They yawned as the professor sped through the material, while I grew panicked at how little I understood. As the only female student... I debated whether to raise my hand and expose myself to ridicule as the one dim-witted girl who made all the boys wait while she asked a stupid question. By the time I resolved to ask my question anyway, I had lost track of the lecture 
and slipped even farther behind. To make matters worse, I grew up in Liberty, New York, in the heart of the Jewish Catskills, an outrageously profane working-class resort area where my grandparents owned a hotel. And I felt out of place at Yale, where even the other Jewish students seemed so aristocratic I had no idea they were Jews. Very few women taught on the faculty, none at all in physics or math. And I had only one female friend, my equally overwhelmed pre-med roommate, Laurel. Although no single obstacle caused me to give up or fail. The constant need to jump so many hurdles wore me down.